Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy. Great to be with you as we enter into the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Just a few short weeks away from kicking off the Advent season. And we have got a really, really wonderful show lined up for you this week. Can't wait for you to hear what we've got on board and hear from some of our wonderful presenters. You're going to hear from the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton from down Bathurst Way. He's an absolute champion. We've got Father Mike Delaney from down in Tasmania as well. He wants to talk to us about some highs and lows that occur in our lives. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, she's, uh, she's got a wonderful little piece called I Am Because You Are. We're going to hear from a young bloke from Canada. His name's Dominic Beltrain. Max Norden, our sound editor and producer extraordinaire, he's, uh, he's done this wonderful interview with Dominic, who's doing a year of mission over here in Australia as a member of the National Evangelisation Team. He's already done it in Ireland, and now he's having an experience of doing the same sort of work now in, in Australia. It'll be really interesting. You'll love to hear what he's got to say. But first up, you're going to hear from a really, really wonderful bloke, Deacon James Arblaster. He's um, pretty close to getting ordained to the priesthood. And he's going to break open this week's gospel for us. It's uh, Luke 17, 11 and 19. And he's going to talk about the, the Samaritan leper, the one of the ten killed by Jesus who, who comes back with great gratitude and thankfulness. And Deacon James is going to have a chat to us about the importance of that very attitude and that very approach to living, gratitude and thankfulness. Let's get into that now. We're going to hear the, uh, the gospel proclaimed by Max Norton. It'll be time for a bit of music, Casting Crowns, Jesus at a Distance, and after the break, we'll be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one of the villages... Ten lepers came to meet him. They stood some way off and called to him, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, as they were going away, they were cleansed. Finding himself cured, one of them turned back, praising God at the top of his voice and threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. This made Jesus say, Were not all ten made clean? The other nine, where are they? It seems that no one has come back to give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to the man, Stand up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. And now the Gospel Reflection with Deacon James Arbluster. This event in Jesus' ministry on the road to Jerusalem tells us something about his mission in inaugurating the kingdom of God. We know from earlier in Luke that Jesus' whole ministry fulfills Isaiah's prophetic words, you know, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He is sent to proclaim liberty to captives, he says, freedom to the oppressed. And we see this happening here, this is happening in our sight, in the release of the lepers from their leprosy. Leprosy, of course, is a contagious disease, but... For them, it also had a moral dimension to it. Because people assumed that sickness was a punishment for sin. So if you had leprosy, you needed to be cut off from society for everyone's protection. And, to their mind, you deserved it. By being proclaimed cured from leprosy by the priests, Jesus is not only healing the lepers, but ending their isolation, 
restoring them to the wholeness of the community life, reuniting them with their loved ones. But there's more than that here. Suddenly, the ten lepers are divided, becoming the one Samaritan who returned to thank Christ and praise God, and the nine who didn't. In describing the Samaritan, Jesus uses the word foreigner, elogenes, which is the only time in the New Testament that we have that word. But in Jerusalem, they were very familiar with elogenes because it's precisely that word, foreigner, which excludes non-Jews from temple worship. Foreigners who believed in God and who wanted to honor him were allowed to come only so far into the temple complex to praise God on pain of death. They weren't admitted into the temple itself, which was reserved for the children of the promise. Just like Jesus' earlier parable in Luke, it is once more the Samaritan, the outsider, the foreigner, who is held up as the model. Whereas the Good Samaritan is a model to us of God's compassion, this Samaritan becomes a model for us of faith and thanksgiving to God. It shows that the kingdom Jesus is inaugurating here is not just for the biological children of Abraham, but it fulfills that other great prophecy in Isaiah, foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, them I will make joyful in my house of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. This week, let us be inspired by the Samaritan's example of faith and thanksgiving, and be mindful that our place in the kingdom is not based on our status, but rather on our faithful gratitude to the God who saves us, who is present and active where we least expect it, and whose vision is to bring all peoples home to him. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. I've been keeping Jesus at a distance, so afraid to let him get too close to the two lives I've been living, as if he couldn't see them both. Close enough to feel the warmth of the fire, far enough away for me to hide. But I'm tired of walking the wire Between the darkness and the light No more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row Of some Sunday morning faith So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance can change every part of me, every part of me. I was offered resurrection, but I settled for the grave. I had the chance to walk on water, but I chose to play it safe. I've been hiding from a healer, I thought my wounds were out of reach. But at the end of all my running, you're still running after me. So no more Jesus at a distance, no more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back row of some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, because there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance. Change every part of me, every part of me.
dreams and all my treasures. Every part of me, every part of me. When I can barely hold it together. Every part of me, every part of me. When I can't control where tomorrow's going. Every part of me, every part of me. When the ghost of my yesterdays come calling. Who I am when there's no one else around. When the sun comes up till the sun goes down. So no more Jesus at a distance. No more pushing you away. I don't wanna settle for the back row of some Sunday morning thing. So I'm holding nothing right now. Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Can change every part of me Every part of me Every part of me Every part of me So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me You're listening to The Journey Music, interviews and wisdom For living life to the full Now, Wisdom from the Abbey With Mother Hilda There's recently been an episode of a talent-type show where people sing, and I guess if they're good enough, they get to go on and launch themselves into a show business career. A 19-year-old African girl was doing a wonderful job at one of the rehearsals for this show, and then she was asked how it was that she was able to connect to the song with such passion. You can always tell when a person and their song kind of get together. The young woman replied that she was mindful of the African philosophy of Ubuntu, which translated means, I am because you are. I take that to mean that for this young woman, she was not singing alone. She was singing with everyone there. She knew herself to be in connection with everyone there and quite probably with all those who are not there as well. What a glorious way to do anything. Ubuntu. My memory tells me that Nelson Mandela used that as well. In essence, I think the saying, I am because you are, may be talking about our innate connection with all mankind. There have been studies which have proven that we as a human race were created to be one with each other. War, dissension, separation, they're not part of our God-given DNA. Watch little children. Their immediate response to something sad is obvious. I remember watching a race at a school not far from where I was teaching once. It was a school for the intellectually disabled. Ten children were lined up ready for the race. Then off they went. One little boy was clearly ahead and enjoying himself. Then for some reason, he looked around to see where his friend was. 
The friend had fallen over and was sitting in the middle of the track crying. The little champion ran back, threw his arms around his fallen comrade and was seen wiping away the tears. Then he helped him up and the two of them trotted off to the finishing line. Yes, I am because you are. Reflecting further on these words, it seems to me that at our deepest level, in the deepest part of us, a real person can say to God, I am because you are God. I think that's worth saying often. I am because you are God. May the full meaning of that speak to your hearts this week. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott, who's just reflected for us on the African philosophy of Ubuntu, which translated means I am because you are. And as she so beautifully puts it, we can very much embrace that attitude in our relationship with God and say that to God, I am because you are God. Thanks to Deacon James Arblaster before that, who broke open this week's gospel for us, all about gratitude and thankfulness and the... uh, the story from Luke of the one cured leper who returns to say thank you. After the short break we're about to have, you're going to be hearing from Father Mike Delaney. He's going to talk to us about highs and lows in life. First up, there's Matt Marr and a bit more music after the break. You'll also be hearing from Andrew Rip. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us on the journey this week. Come gather round the mystery Love in our broken history Where grace is a fault line to me Time and time again Welcomes me to a, a house for the hungry A well for the thirsty Where all saints come together
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. Regularly, as part of a coaching session with Divine Renovation or during a supervision session, I'm asked to share a high and a low from the past week or so. Recently, I was asked this question and I suggested my low was that I was actually freezing. It was a particularly cold Hobart autumn day. 
and my high had happened the previous day. In the morning, I'd celebrated a Mass for some classes from our Catholic College primary campus, and I'd share in the joy of watching Grade 2 students reading the Scriptures and sharing the prayers of the faithful, as well as their participation in the rest of the liturgy. I almost jokingly suggested that some of them eclipse the efforts of our more experienced weekend lectors. I really was joking. In the early afternoon, I led a funeral for a retired police officer, a legacy of serving as a part-time police chaplain over 35 years ago. Over the years, I've had a friendship with Mick and his extended family, and so it was a privilege to be asked to celebrate his funeral. A bonus was that I was able to renew acquaintances with quite a number of retired officers, whom I nearly always see at funerals only. At the end of the service, as well as the cliched, lovely service father, a number of these men asked if it were okay if they mentioned to their families that they would, like me, to lead their funeral services. It almost seemed that the work I'd done so many years ago had made some impact on their lives and my continuing presence was a source of comfort to them. After spending some time with the family at the wake, I rang another friend, also a former police officer, and to wish her a belated happy birthday. As we talked about her family and their various journeys, it was almost as if we were chatting only yesterday, but it was more than six years ago since we last talked, for any length of time anyway. The next stage of my day was that I went to Newtown to celebrate Mass with colleagues of a friend who was nearing the end of her life's journey after being diagnosed with brain tumours. Her diagnosis and decline had happened quite quickly and there was a huge gathering of people who wanted to pray for her, for her comfort and her consolation in these final days. There's actually more to the day, but that's for another God spot. I just want to reflect on the fact that everywhere I went, whatever I did, I kept experiencing God moments. Children, the funeral, my phone call, the mass, all spoke powerfully of God working in my life and in the lives of others. Amazingly, that happens every day, but sometimes we're just too busy to notice. I hope that you have the chance today to think back at what has happened and to give thanks for those things and not wait to be asked to think of a high or a low. Well, that was good, wasn't it, eh? He's fantastic, Father Mike Delaney. He comes to us from down in Tasmania. He's a man passionate about the gospel, about renewal, about bringing people to an encounter. And today he spoke to us about highs and lows. And the experience of God moments in the ups and downs of a, of a single day. Got to keep looking for God in the midst of all that stuff. After the break, you're going to hear from a wonderful bloke, Dominic Beltrame, and he's from Vancouver in Canada. Max Norton, our sound editor and producer, he's uh, done a great interview with Dominic, who's a member of the National Evangelisation Team. A bit more music first up, though. Meredith Andrews, Receive Our King. Great music on the show this week. Hope you're really enjoying it. We've got a bit of Bethel that's coming up after the break as too. Bit of Bethel music, goodness of God. And not too far away as well, you're going to be hearing from the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton from down in Bathurst. He wants to talk to us about rain and all the rain we've been having and the experience of that as the Bush Deacon out there in Bathurst. All right, better keep moving. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're still on the journey. 
Time for another one of our faith stories from somebody who's out at the coalface doing practical stuff. And today I've roped in Dominic, who's a Canadian and who's involved in the national evangelization team. So Dominic, tell me a bit about yourself. I'm from Canada, Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, I've just come out of high school um, and joined NET. Okay, so that's interesting because a number of other people we've talked to from the National Evangelization team have left school, gone to work for a while, in in fact, in some cases up to several years before they've joined NET. Straight out of school, why did you decide, what was attractive about NET or what was your reason for wanting to go down that path? Like in in my home parish, 
we have a lot of netters that come and do net. We had a netter actually from my own home parish that came and did net Australia not too long ago. And then also my brother is doing net in Canada. So I grew up around the scene, around the net scene. And, and so that was really attractive. And I was, I was looking for something like that and I knew it would build a, f- a good foundation for me to grow upon, you know, especially coming out of high school. Like everybody kind of takes, well, kids my age, they take a, a, you know, a gap year to maybe go travel. And, and I decided to do both and, <laughs> and travel and, and do what I, I thought God was calling me to do. So I heard a whisper that in actual fact, you have traveled a bit that you, you ended up doing net in Ireland. Yeah. I was supposed to do a full year um, or a full 10 months in, in Ireland from September till early June. Like we had some visa complications, so people say like, "Oh, like I'm, like I'm, you know, really unfortunate that you didn't get to spend the whole ten months." And I would say, "Yeah, absolutely, it is unfortunate." But I think a lot of good came from the three months that I was still able to go. I learned a lot, and I remember discerning, you know, which net to go to because we have net all across the country or all across the world. Like there's six different nets in 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 all parts of the world, and so I was discerning whether to go to Australia or Ireland, and I chose Ireland because it was a little closer to home. Um, and I felt like I was being called there. And, and then while on Net Ireland, I felt like I was being called one morning. I just woke up and I was like, man, I really want to do Net Asha. Like, I really feel like I'm being called to do this. And I was like, all right, Lord, like if, if you want me to, to do this, like you have to open some doors because like there's still some things. You guys' year starts in January and ends in, I think, December or November, mm-hmm. whereas our year starts September to June. So it's different. So that would mean pushing my university back. If I wanted to go to uni after, I would have to push it back even more. So that was a big factor. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So I, I requested an application, and then Peter Munns, one of the one of the recruiters, he came back to me with a proposition of, okay, we need men for the second half of this year. Like, would you be interested? Wow, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, God was just kind of opening doors and allowing me to to do a second half of this year. So uh, tell me, is really cool. is there any difference? between the way, say, NET would operate in Ireland to the way NET operates in Australia? Or are they exactly the same? They're definitely really similar. I would say the only difference is just the culture. I feel like the Australian culture versus the Irish culture is very different. The strong areas of, of, of ministry are like the elderly because that, in, in the churches, really that's, that's all there there is, is is older people and probably people over the age of 50. Whereas the young adults, some like, yeah, 16 to really 30, mm. there's not a whole lot of, yeah, people in that age group there. But then like really young, like, so like up until probably 14, 15, we're getting some attraction. But whereas here, I'm finding that's the, that's the group that we can actually minister to a lot more. A lot of the things we're doing are, are similar. So like alpha programs, I was running that in Ireland. Um, what else were we running? Like youth groups. So mm-hmm. like even the youth groups we're doing now, um, we're running. But I think Australia definitely has a lot more of the big, like larger scale events, which is really cool. Um, and I like to do so. Yeah, I would say it's right. pretty different. All right. So the year is coming towards an end f- for here, for net here. So what are your plans for next year? That's a good question. I would say right now my ideas are possibly going to uni in either the second semester or just waiting till the fall of next year. Um, so going back to Canada? Going back to Canada and doing that or possibly working. So I kind of want to maybe try out some jobs back home. The next step is just figuring out what that looks like. And Okay. So to wrap up, what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned or what's changed for you spiritually since you um, came to NET, and particularly NET Australia? The big thing is is just confidence. 
you guys have a lot of confidence in your faith and that's really inspiring and I think it's it's rubbed off on me in a good way and and I want to bring that home I want to bring the, your guys' confidence in in your guys' mission and and in your guys' faith I definitely want to bring that confidence home that's something that I've learned through all the the, the leaders we have all the supervisors we have here at net and they're yeah they're really inspiring it's been great to have you on the journey thanks for uh, for joining us and sharing your story yeah thank you very much let's get back into some music now. Here's One Sonic Society and Great Are You, Lord. After the break, the Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, wants to talk about rain, water and its impact, and Jude will be back as well to wrap up the show. Faith, hope, love and life, I'm Max Norton, and it's so good to have you on the journey. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the dark. That is broken Great are you, Lord It's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise We pour out our praise It's your breath in our
I'm Nicholas from Bakersfield in New South Wales, and you're on the journey. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness and now here's the bush deacon josh clayton as i stand here talking to you it's raining 
It's such a pleasant change after the many long years of drought, especially out in my part of the world that we experienced. Those times where there was water shortages, there was so little growth on the ground that animals were starving and there was a shortage of feed. Now we have rain. But sometimes we can move too quickly into saying, well, I wish it would stop or, gee, it was easier to deal with a drought than it is to deal with a flood. And I don't say this to take away from the the pain, the sorrow, the absolute devastation that rain and floods have caused in so many parts of our world over these last few months and years. But it does make me think, why do we always want something different? Why aren't we happy with what we have? Why aren't we more open to the path that's given to us? I think for me, I just have to reflect on that a little bit more. Why do I see it more important to to take on something new rather than just do what I'm asked to do here and now well? If we look at our Gospels, we look at the stories that we experience and hear from Jesus, there's so many times where Jesus sends the person back to their family, to their loved ones, to the temple. He sends them back to where they came from but he also sends them away. He sends them away to a new place to try and find new ways of helping others to encounter that love that God has for us. For us, we sometimes may be challenged with the old and the new. Which one do we want more? We want what we've got or do we want something different? Maybe it's important for us just to be where we are, living in the moment that we are living in now. No matter what it is, whether it's raining or whether the sun is shining and it's obviously too dry. Really, there's no place that's just perfect. We have to live with what we have and let our faith inform us and help us to understand that the challenges placed before us are there for a reason. And they help us to encounter God more and help us to enable others to encounter God more. Well, it's raining again. It brings life. There is something beautiful about water and especially about the impact it has on us. Most importantly, the waters of baptism that changes us forever. Are you tired of shame and secrets? Wishing you couldn't let them go. Do you feel like an orphan searching for a home? Well, there's a love that fills what's empty. There's a place you can be changed. There's a God who knows you. He's calling out your name. Come on down to the river. Don't be washed in the blood. And your sin will be forgiven by the power. From the giver of endless grace And everyone is welcome here To dive into the waves So leave the questions far behind you Leave your past back on the shore And run with wild abandon Wait no more Come 
forward to pray, studying about that good old way. And who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sister, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sister, let's go down, down to the river to pray. Come on down to the river, come be washed in the blood, and your sins will be forgiven by the power of His love. Thanks so much to, to Deacon Josh Clayton there and making the connection between all this rain that we've had and, and the, uh, the beautiful gift, the transformative elements of baptism. Thank you to Deacon Josh, to Dominic Beltrame, who we heard from in his interview, Father Mike Delaney and, and Mother Hilda Scott, and of course to Deacon James Arblaster as well. Pray for James. He's, uh, he's progressing pretty rapidly towards ordination of the priesthood and he's, uh, he's going to be a great young priest and he's very smart, he's very relatable, loves God, loves people. He's going to be a, a great minister in service of the Lord and of the gospel. Pray for him as, uh, as he gets closer and closer to his ordination. Thanks for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. We'd love to bring it to you. Thanks to all of the presenters who contributed to it. Thank you to you who've listened. Thank you to all of our partnering radio stations right around Australia who take the show on each and every week and to the many thousands of you who I know listen in each and every week via podcasts as well. All those wonderful podcast services where you can download the journey from. Don't forget if you go to jcr.org.au, we'll send it to you. You just get it as an email, and that's a great way to stay in touch because we know that there are lots of people who dutifully listen every week on the airwaves, but sometimes too just want to be able to pass it on to someone else. Perhaps they hear a, a piece from one of our presenters and think, oh, I'd really like to be able to share that with a, with a brother, a sister, a, a son, a wife, husband, daughter, whatever it might be. Go to jcr.org.au and you can sign up and we can, we can send you a little link that gives you access to the show each and every week. We will be doing it all again next week. Thanks to Max Norton who's put this week's show together. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.